Welcome to Launch Chat, where we answer your startup questions every single day. I'm your host, Jay Care, founder of LaunchPeer, and today I'm going to try to be as unbiased as I possibly can because we're talking about freelancers versus development agencies. So Mindy from Columbia, South Carolina, right around the corner from where we are actually, has a question about basically why she should pay more money for hiring a development agency versus working with a freelancer. It's the first product. She has funding committed already. It looks like she's ready to go. She's gotten some quotes from agencies and it looks like she's probably talked to a couple of freelancers too. And obviously the agencies are more expensive than the freelancers. So we're going to talk about how to make a good decision when you're trying to decide whether to work with an agency and whether to work with a freelancer. And you guys are going to see me do my best work trying not to be biased towards an agency because that's what LaunchPeer is. Today's question comes from Mindy in Columbia, South Carolina. She writes in, I came up with an app idea that seemed good. I have a girlfriend from a wealthy family who believes in my app, and they're willing to invest $100,000 into it. From other investors, I have a total of $170,000 who believe in my idea as well. I have zero knowledge about building a startup, and all I've been doing is research on how to create an MVP. I've been trying to decide between freelancers and a development company. From my research, I'm leaning towards a development company, and I was quoted $60,000 by one. I know the goal is to spend the least amount until you can validate your product, but I've surveyed a little over 100 people from my target market who all said they've used my product. How do I justify paying for a development company when it's quite a bit more than if I paid a freelancer? Hey, Mindy, thanks for your question. First, congratulations on having funding committed already. That's awesome. The funding process we talked about last episode is a very difficult one. And so to have any amount of capital committed to you is a really, really good sign. So I'm going to break this out into two different like sections because there's two topics I want to cover here. One is that the funding topic and the other one is about validating the idea. Okay. Because what you did bring up here as I was looking through your question is, you know, the goal is to spend the least amount possible until you validate your product. I totally agree with that. And Mindy has surveyed a little over a hundred people who all said they'd use the product. So I want to start on that piece first before we get into the, the other part about hiring a freelancer and all that stuff. Okay. So when you're talking about validating the product, surveying people and their answers mean very, very little to me. Okay. And I know that sucks to hear, but it's true. Like, and I don't know who these people are. So these people might be people you have no idea who they are, but I'm guessing they're probably people in your network. From my experience, when founders tell me they surveyed a bunch of people, they're typically people like that follow them on LinkedIn or who are connected with them on Facebook or whatever, like, or people they're having one-on-one conversations with. Well, with these kind of people, they want to tell you what you want to hear. They're not going to sit there and tell you this sucks. I would never use something like this. The only thing that talks is money. Okay. So I, it's not that I'm saying that that survey means nothing. It definitely means something, but it doesn't really mean enough for me to commit a hundred thousand, 200,000, $50,000 or $60,000. Like you recorded for the project. It doesn't convince me enough to commit to that. Just that alone. Okay. What I would want to do is hopefully maybe you did this when you were surveying the people, but I would also ask him like, great, the product's going to be ready in three months. Can I count you in to be one of the first users? It's going to be $10 a month or whatever. Would you do it? That answer is going to be the right one. And ideally, you'd collect a credit card or something like that. Like, But I know, I understand that's hard to do. When you're talking about startup validation, it's not like people are going to whip out their credit card to pre-sign up for a product. I think I talked about this a couple episodes ago where it's like, 
you know, the, the, the way of validating a, an idea is very, very difficult, but gurus talk about it all the time. Like it's this easy thing. Like, yeah, go talk to as many people as possible and get them to say that they want to use it. It's like, yeah, well, of course I want to do that. But like, who am I going to go talk to? I'm not going to go talk to all my network of friends and tell them about the, the next big idea that I have or something like that. Right. They're going to think I'm insane. Plus I'm just not that kind of person. I'm not extroverted enough just go talk to random people about my idea some of you listening to this are probably like that and that's great but a lot of you listening to this probably aren't like that and so you have to come up with other ways of validating your idea really at the end of the day it's impossible to measure when the right when you know your product's validated it's very very difficult there's no formula out there if there was a formula out there everyone would be using it everyone would be have would have their product validated and everyone would only be building successful startups obviously that is not true <laughs> so you know just on that that there is no formula for validating your idea what i tell founders all the time is you just have to know internally that you are willing to risk whatever amount of money you're going to spend, whatever time you're going to spend on this idea and whatever you've done up to that point when you decide to make that risk is enough to make you feel like this is the right thing to do. Okay. So that's point one. Now that's the validation piece. Now the the second piece, this isn't the funding thing. This is about the development agency thing. I I think I mentioned funding earlier, but I, I meant to talk about the development piece. So here's my unbiased view. Okay. Yes. A freelancer is cheaper than an agency, but there are reasons why people work with agencies and do not work with freelancers. Now consider this, okay? When you're working on a tech project, are you a technical project manager? Do you know the difference between Java and JavaScript? Do you know what good code is versus bad code? Do you know any of that stuff? And if you don't know any of that stuff and you'd never managed a freelancer before, especially never managed a developer before, do you think you're the right person to do it? It would be like hiring someone as a bank manager. Okay. You're going to hire someone as a bank manager who's never worked in a bank before, who's never been a cashier, who's never worked the front desk, never done anything, but you're going to bring him in and say, I want you to be in charge of this entire operation. Would you ever do that? Would you ever do that in any situation other than some entry level job where the risk is someone not doing a good job and they're being paid like 10 to $15 an hour? Of course not. So why are you going to take that chance when you're building the thing that could potentially change your entire life? Do you want to take that risk being the person who just completely messes it up? I've seen so many founders make this mistake where they're choosing to work with someone based on price and not based on their ability to get it done. Now, I'm not saying to choose a freelancer. I'm not saying to choose an agency. I think that question is not the right question. I think the right question is, who do you trust? Like, who has a track record? Who could you track down and hold their feet to the fire if they're not doing what you want them to do? Okay. With an agency, they have a business formed. They have testimonials. They have reviews. They have people you can go talk to. They can't just run away. I mean, very few times have I seen a client come to us or a customer come to Launchpeer who said, yeah, my agency just disappeared. I can't get a hold of them. The only time I've seen that happen is if they're an agency overseas. But with freelancers, it happens all the time. If you're a freelancer listening to this and you you aren't that kind of freelancer, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the kind of freelancer who will take the first payment, do a week's worth of work or two weeks worth of work, and then totally disappear. It happens all the time. Okay. All the time. I just had a customer come in yesterday who did, who had the exact same situation happen. I had a customer last week who came to Launchpeer whose agency overseas disappeared because they could. 
because they're overseas. What are you going to do? You're going to you're going to fly to India and like bang on their door. Like you're not going to do that. And they know that there is no repercussions in those kind of situations. Okay. And I'm not saying every agency is great, but at least with agencies, you have you have the ability to do more background research. Okay, you have it's it's the difference between going to a restaurant because they have they're an actual restaurant, they're on Yelp, they have a ton of reviews and just hiring someone to come and cook for you. Like that's great and some cooks are awesome, but like you don't know until they get there and they actually cook the food. Like you've never they don't have any reviews online. There's no way for you to chase them down if they don't show up. Like you don't, you don't really know who they are. And so both of those points are true. Like whatever you decide to do, whether you work with an agency or work with a freelancer, there's a couple things I want you to keep in mind. Okay. And I'm not saying one or the other. I've known freelancers who are incredible. We work with freelancers sometimes at launch period and some of them are amazing, but a lot of them really, really suck. And so here's a couple of things that I'm going to, a couple of pointers I'm going to give you. First, hire someone you trust, not because of their price tag. Okay. If you have a freelancer who's like, meh, I think I could trust him. And then another agency who's like four times more expensive, but it's like, I know 100%. If I give them my $60,000, they will do this project. You should hire the agency. Even if it was flip-flopped and you were like, I trust this, this freelancer 100%, but they don't have a huge team, but I'm confident that if I gave them this amount of money, they could do it. But you have this other agency who's like, they have a good track record, but I don't know if I can really trust them or not. And I'm not sure if they can get it done in time. Go with the one that you trust more. Okay. That's one piece of advice. The second piece of advice is to do your background research. Go check out the reviews, legitimate reviews. I'm not talking about like asking them for testimonials. Okay. Cause anyone can just make up a testimony. I'm talking about like go to third party sites. If it's a freelancer, go look at their Upwork profile, go look at their LinkedIn profile, go look at their GitHub account. If it's a developer and check and see if they have like a past history of work or something like that, go reach out to some references, whatever you're spending a lot of money. This is a big deal. You shouldn't just gloss it over and be like, yeah, they seem like they can do, do what I need them to do. They said they could do it. So I'm just going to hire them to do it. Same with an agency, go do your background research, check out the reviews, check and see what people say about them. If you can get a hold of some of their previous customers, go talk to their previous customers, do some of that stuff. Okay. That's important guys. Don't just go hire someone because they're cheap. That is a terrible thing to do. I used this analogy with a potential customer the other day when we quoted them on a project, I think it was like $30,000 or something. And they said, what was the exact statement? They said, like, why should I hire you guys when, you know, I've been quoted by this other agency overseas, like one third of the price. And I said, first I said, you shouldn't be making decisions on price. You should be making decisions based on whether or not you think the person can do the job. And the second thing I said was, when you're talking about price, think about it this way. And I'm not saying that this is true of every situation, but just think of it this way. I asked him, what kind of car do you drive? And he said, I drive a BMW. And I said, well, why'd you buy a BMW? Why didn't you just go buy a Honda? Like both of them have two doors uh, or four doors. Both of them drive. They can both get on the road. And he's like, well, the BMW was a nicer car. And I said, okay, we specialize in building nicer cars. And I don't know the other agency, but maybe they specialize in building Hondas. Okay. That's the way you need to look at this. Everything has price tags. You can buy a, a really cheap car that works, or you can buy a really, really nice car that works. Both cars work. It just depends on what you want. Like don't go and think that prices should be the only consideration when making one of these decisions. Okay. And I'm not saying launch is a BMW. I'm not saying that. So it was just an easy way to make an analogy with software development. We have to use analogies a lot. We're still working on which ones to use. I'm sure you guys have heard me on the show. Like talk about 
home analogies, like building a house. <laughs> Jeez, now you've heard me talk about cars. I have this really interesting one where I talk about car manuals uh, when we're talking about raising money, but analogies are an easy way to explain things. But at the end of the day, make sure you do your background research, make sure you're picking someone that you trust. All right. So anyway, Mindy, good luck choosing who you want to work with on the project. Make sure you're not making the decision based on money alone. Congratulations on all the success so far. Hopefully I'm really pulling for it to continue. Thanks for listening to this episode of Launch Chat. I have two big announcements for you. First, if you haven't joined Launch Club yet, it's our private Facebook group that has tons of entrepreneurs and founders who are trying to build, launch, and scale their startups. The community is new and we're trying to get more and more founders into it. So if you're interested, go to launchpeer.club to sign up. Also, our team's writing a book and it's almost done. We hope to ship the book out in November. If you're interested, go to launchrecipes.com where we're profiling 40 of the biggest startups of the 21st century and really documenting how they went from zero to one customer, one to 10 customers and the exact tactics they used to do that. So if you want to claim your free book, go to launchrecipes.com. Launch Recipes.